Wonderful, wonderful, Jesus is to me. He's the counselor, he's the prince of peace, he's the mighty God is he. He's saving me, he's keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer, praise His name. Oh, wonderful, wonderful Jesus is to me. He's the Counselor, He's the Prince of Peace. The mighty God is He. He's saving me, He's keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer, praise His name. Amen. We want to get right into our lesson this morning. Amen. If you have your Bibles or your lesson, amen, John chapter 4. It's good to have everybody in the house of the Lord again this morning. John chapter 4, verse 19 through 24. Amen. The woman said unto him, Amen. Praise God. You ever just stop and, and watch some of the conversations Jesus has with people when you're reading the Word of God and put yourself in the Scriptures? Think about it if this was you and you were coming to the well to draw water and Jesus is sitting on the well, a well sitting on top of a well. <laughs> Think about it. Amen. Two wells, one, you know. <laughs> he says, I'll be in you a well of water springing up until you turn to life, right? So here's, here's a well sitting on top of a well. <laughs> so you don't, you don't have to go too deep. <laughs> She's saying the well is deep. He says, ah, if you only knew. <laughs> Amen. So they're having this conversation and, you know, the Bible lets us know that a lot of things are, are, are not written in the scriptures. John, when you study John's gospel, he, he tells us that, the, that these are written, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ and that believing you may have eternal life. He also is that same chapter of, of, of John. He says, uh, if all the things or all the books were written of the things that Jesus had done, the world could not contain the books. See, so there's a lot of things that are not written here uh, in the book, in the Bible. He says, but these are written. So that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ and that believing you may have eternal life. So John has said, I've given you enough. I've shown you enough so that you know that Jesus is the Christ. He is God. <laughs> Amen. And all creations were made by him. And so I've just given you enough so to whet your appetite so that you know who he is. Amen. So that you can be saved. Amen. Because he says, really, he said, I, I, if I, if I put pen to every book of the things he did, you, there's not enough room. Amen. If, if you went to the Library of Congress, I don't know if you've ever been there before, but my goodness, there's books everywhere. You stop and think about that, you know, and yet all the books about him is not even written. Amen. And so Jesus is in a conversation with this woman, and somewhere through their study and process, it turns in about worship. And verse 20, 19, the woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, 
And ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men are to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountains nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. The Father, ye worship, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him and spirit and in truth. Amen. So last week we see that in those five passages, ten times is mentioned something to the form of worship. So that lets us know that worship is key and worship is essential. Now last week we saw that we start talking about how faith and the spirit and truth would move us to that point that we worship. Amen. That we get a clear understanding. We need to know what we're worshiping. We're going to worship something. God, when the time he breathes life into us, there is that desire to seek from where we came from. And that's what we're looking for. But people are looking for it in all the wrong places. Amen. The Bible constantly tells us to seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Amen. So our faith should move us, amen, to believe God at his word and take God at his word and to begin to worship God at his word. Amen. And we should have his spirit. If we are born again of the water and the spirit, then Christ should be our priority. He should be the number one thing in our lives that move us to want to serve him. If I think, as the song said, of the things that God has done for me, then my heart should begin to cry out hallelujah and thanking God for saving me. Amen. But if, if my heart is all about what God can do for me, then I'll never worship God. Amen. Worship is, is not based on singing a few slow songs or a song. Amen. It should maybe move us because if I come to church and I wait for the right song to move me, I will tell you as a worship leader, most of the time I observe the audience and if it's not, people are not worshiping, usually I'm going to cut it short or I'm going to go to another song. Say, and as a result, if you was waiting for that song, I just interrupted your worship if you was waiting on that song. Say, that's why worship can't be based on a song. Say, you have to worship God because you love God. Say, this is, 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 is key. The amount you put in the offering plate is not worship. That's maybe a form of worship, but that's not true worship. Say, these things express our actions towards worship. Amen. But really worship, amen, is coming from the heart. There are numerous definitions for the word worship, yet one in particular encapsulate 
the priority we should give to worship as a spiritual discipline. Worship is to honor with extravagant love and extreme submission. And that definition comes from the Webster Dictionary of 1828. <laughs> Notice. The Webster Dictionary of 1828 says, Worship is to honor with extravagant love and extreme submission. Amen. In other words, we need to go beyond what is just required. Amen. Most of the time we says, you know, when I was in the military and I said this, you remember the time we just said, that's good enough for government work. No, we need to go beyond, amen, what is just required. It's the same way with tithing. Tithing is, is required of 10%, but do you go beyond? Say, do you go beyond in your worship? Do you come before his presence with thanksgiving? Do you humbly bow yourself before him? Notice what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5 through 6, if you, if you have your Bibles. 1 Peter chapter 5 here. You have your Bibles. First Peter chapter five, verse five. Peter says, likewise, you younger, it yourselves unto the elders, yea, all of you be subject one to another. Be clothed with what? Humility. Put on humility. Be humble. Humble yourself. Amen. Put on humility. And for God resisted the proud, but he giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that me may exalt you in due time. Amen. We need to have a heart of humility. It comes with the Spirit. Amen. And so when we humble ourselves before God, amen, we submit ourselves to God. Submission is key. To worship, we need to submit ourselves. We need to humble ourselves. Amen. Don't be, a, don't be so prideful that you don't want to humble. Humble to those that are over you. Amen. So as we see here, our worship should be an extravagant and extreme submission to God. We're coming under God. We are bowing before Him. We're saying, God, you are the great I am, the way, the truth, the life, and the door. There is none greater in my life than you. And God, I am going to serve you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Notice, that's what the scripture says. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all, not part. Amen. Not part of your heart. Not part of your mind. Not part of your spirit. Not part of your strength. It says you must worship and love God with all. That means there is none left over. So nothing else should come before God in your life. Amen. He's number one. He's number uno. He's the great I am, the way, the truth, the life, and the door. Amen. Praise God. So true worship, in other words, is defined by the priorities we place on who God is in our lives and where God is on our list of priorities. Let me say that again. 
True worship, in other words, is defined by the priorities we place on who God is. Amen. And our lives and where God is on our list of priorities. Where is God on your list of priorities? If he's not first, I guarantee you he ain't going to be second. He's not going to be third. He's not going to be fourth. He's not going to be fifth. He's not going to fit anywhere else but number one. Amen. And we need to understand that. In my life, he must be number uno. Amen. And especially if I say I'm born again. Amen. He's priority number one. Nothing else. Because Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. He'll let you operate by yourself. He'll let you go to see, let you see that you ain't going to do anything without him. He'll let you walk right down the road and run into the wall. So you must keep him as priority number one in your life. That's why the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. His righteousness, his peace, and his joy in the Holy Ghost. Say, so God has got to be first. He's not going to be second. And so you need to figure that one out in your life. Amen. True worship is a matter of the heart expressive through a lifestyle of holiness. In other words, you must be separated from the world and separated unto God. When God saves you, he pours you out of the world to draw you to him. Amen. For the purpose to which he has in life for you. So a lifestyle of holiness. Thus, in our lifestyle does not express the beauty of holiness through the extravagant and exaggerate love for God. And you do not live extreme or excessive submission to God, then I invite you to make worship a priority. Amen. Make worship a priority in your life and it cannot be negotiable. Amen. God can't be negotiable for something else. There is no equal in anything with God. The devil is not equal to God. He's not the opposite of God. Amen. Nothing compares to God. Amen. So true worship is a matter of your heart. And so therefore you have got to, as the psalmist says in Psalms 139, 23, 24, search me, O God, and know what? My heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be wickedness in me. And lead me to the rock in the way everlasting. So notice what the psalmist says. Search me. If God is not priority number one, you better be praying. God, search me. Amen. Find out why God is not number one. Why that? Find out. I had a guy ask me, why is my life turned upside down? I asked him, is God number one? You know, if he's not, you can expect it to be turned upside down. That's a given. Amen. The thief comes not for the kill, to steal, and to destroy. So my lifestyle, I, I can't negotiate worship. I can't negotiate God with, with something else. Not even my job. 
I can't negotiate God with my career or, or my family or whatever. Jesus says, amen, he puts it this way, if you don't love me more than those else and hate them which love less, you can't even be my disciple. In other words, he's got to be number one. So you got to figure this out. Notice in Revelation chapter 4. Go to Revelation chapter 4, verse 8 through 11 here real quick. Revelation chapter 4, verse 8 through 11. And the four beasts in each of them had six wings, as we see this in Isaiah chapter 6 as well, about them. And they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Amen. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that lived forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Notice. They are constantly worshiping, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory, as Isaiah says in Isaiah 6. Amen. And notice, they bow down and they cast their crowns, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power and strength. For Thou hast created all things. And they were created for what? His pleasure. You weren't created for the devil. You was created for, by God for God. And you need to realize that and who you are in Him. Amen. You come before His presence with thanksgiving. You enter His courts with praise. Psalms 100 says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye land. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that has made us. And not we are his ourselves, for we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, being thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth and do it to all generations. Amen. Every generation has an opportunity as soon, as long as the Lord has not come back. Your grandchildren and their grandchildren and the next children has the same opportunity to be saved and to worship the same God that you worship. Amen. We got to get into the habit of realizing our priorities in life. When will we realize he saved us? He brought us out for purpose. Amen. You have not chosen me. I've chosen you, he says, and I ordain you that you should go bring forth fruit. Amen. That your fruit may remain. That whatsoever you ask in the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. Amen. We can't negotiate our worship. Notice what Jesus says. The hour cometh. 
and now is. Right now, we've got to decide who we're going to worship. Amen. Not tomorrow, not next week, not three years from now. To try to get it all right and say, oh, I'll serve God later on uh, when I got my finances in right and my family is right and everything is going good for me. Then I'll come and serve God. No, no, it don't work that way because you don't know what tomorrow holds. James says what you ought to say, if the Lord will, <laughs> I'll do this and I'll do that. But see, right now, Jesus says it's now that the true worshipers must worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is a spirit, or God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in the spirit. You need his spirit in your life. That's why Paul says in Romans 8 and 9, if any man have not the spirit of God, he's none of his. But if I say I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, if I say I've got his spirit, then I need to operate in that spirit. I need to come before his presence. Amen. We worship God because he's God. Amen. Do you know him? Scriptures is full. Watch this. Genesis 17.1, the Almighty. And when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said in him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me. And be thou perfect. Now God tell Abraham to be perfect. So wise people try to say there ain't nobody perfect. We need to move to that completion. Say, that's what that word means. Get complete in me. Paul says in Rome, uh, Colossians 2, 8 and 9. Amen. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men. After the rudiments of this world and not after Christ. For in him dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and we are what? Complete in him. See, I got to be complete in Jesus in order to worship him. See, because if something else is in my heart, if something else is blocking my worship, then I want God to search me. Look at Psalms 51 real quick. We'll come back to this. Go to Psalms 51. Look at David's prayer here after he realized his mistake with Bathsheba. Amen. Psalms 51. David start. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Do you ever play, pray like that? Do you ever get on your face? And tell God, you know, what David says here, have mercy. It is the Lord's mercy that we're not consumed because his compassion fell not. They're renewed every morning. Great, the psalmist said, is thy faithfulness. Amen. He's faithful. God has spoken once, twice have I heard his power belong to God and also mercy. Do you need mercy? Amen. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. That's why the psalmist says, Lord, if you would mark or judge iniquities, who could stand? Every one of us would be zapped. He says, but God, there's forgiveness with you. 
See, that's why we come to God. That's why we worship God. That's why we ask God to search us. Amen. That's why the Bible says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You can't know your own heart. That's why people say, I serve, I love God, and then they walk right out and do something foolish. Because you don't know your heart. You don't know your mind. You don't know your thinking process. You don't know what is going on. That's why you need to pray and ask God to search you and reveal to you. You know, the other morning in my devotion time, you know, it was talking about distractions. That when you're praying, all of a sudden, sometimes you start having distractions. I never looked at it this way, but it says when you have those distractions, it could be God's way of saying, hey, you need to pray for this. You need to pray against this. See, he's warning us of some things that is going on and we need to pray against. I never looked at it from that standpoint. I just used to, like most people say, the devil's trying to trip me up. You know, but now I see it in a different light. See? If the evil is coming, thoughts are coming, then I need to be praying against them. Maybe I need to refocus. Yeah, because usually when I go to pray, I'm going a different direction. But God might be saying, no, you need to come this way. I need you to focus here and pray against this. And that that's coming into your mind and in your thoughts, because that's what's getting ready to happen. Say. So I need to set up these boundaries here. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the tender to multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquities and cleanse me from my sins. Peter says we are washed and renewed by the washing of the water of the word. See, so the word of God is quick, is powerful, is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividers of under soul and spirit, and joint and mired as the cerner of the thoughts and the intent of our hearts. We need the word to wash us. Amen. We need a double dose of the word constantly. Amen. To wash us. God is the word. And so we need him to purify us. We need him to get the evil out of us. The wrongdoing out of us. Amen. So that we can come before him and purity. The priest had to wash himself. He had to be pure to go into that holy place. Say, and we need to have this attitude. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquities and cleanse me from my sins. Now watch this. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Do you acknowledge? You know it. You know what you're doing wrong. You ain't dumb. You know when you're wrong. So you have to acknowledge it before God. Why? Because you want to be clean. You want to have a pure heart. You know sin can't enter there. Say, you want to be pure. You want a pure heart and a pure mind. You don't want to have your hearts and minds troubled by foolishness. Wash me. I acknowledge against thee, David says, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and clear when thou judges. There's a judgment coming. All of us has got to stand before the judgment seat of God to give an account. Amen. 
I've got to be accountable for me. Somewhere in all this, I've got to take accountability for myself and says enough is enough. I ain't following that foolishness anymore. I'm not going down that wrong path anymore. I've got, as the Bible says, come to myself and take a step away from me. Amen. Because God wants me pure. He wants me right. Behold, I was shaping in iniquity and sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desires truth where? In the inward parts and in the hidden parts thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sin and blot out, hide not thy face from my sin and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me, notice, a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors the way, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltliness, O God, thy God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Amen. Humble. Amen. Submission. Complete. Repentant heart. God won't despise. Amen. Notice David is praying, God, search me. He realizes error. He realizes problem. He realized there was something in him that he wasn't aware of. And that's what worship should cause us to do. When we humbly and submissive bow before him and ask God to search us. Amen. We want to come clean. We want God to move those things out of us that is not like him. We've got because we love him with all our hearts and our minds and our soul and our strength. It's got to be priority one. As Ford says, quality is job one. Worship must be priority one with God. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. For we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Into his courts with praise, being thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and is truth and do it to all generations. So we worship God because he is God. Amen. There is none other. There is no one else to be worshiped but him. Don't worship your car. Don't worship your job. Don't worship your home. Those things are fleeting. 
They're here today. They're gone tomorrow. See? But God is from everlasting to everlasting. He's not going anywhere. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. See? So if I get in the habit of worshiping him, it's not going anyplace. Amen. It'll be there. It would always be there. Amen. Our extravagant love and extreme submission to the Holy One flows out of the reality that God first loved us. Think about it. Was anybody sinner other than me? <laughs> you know? He loved me first. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Look at Romans 5, verse 5 and, and 6. Romans chapter 5. Got your Bibles. Romans chapter 5. For hope maketh us not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Notice, the love of God is shed abroad by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man would one die, yet preventure by chance for a good man, some would even dare to die, verse 8. But God commended his love unto, towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Notice, when we were still sinners, he died for us. Amen. Praise God. So the fact, that's why we should worship Him. If you think about what He has done for us, think about He has delivered us and how He has made us free and has, how He has set us free. What a mighty God. Look at 1 John. Go to 1 John, all the way to the back. I mean, almost to the book of Revelation, chapter 4, starting with verse 4. I mean, verse 7. Amen. Verse 7, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. John says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And this was manifest the love of God towards us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His only, I mean, sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Praise God. Think about it. He sent His Son to be loved for us. Amen. And this is what Paul is saying in Romans 5. Amen. Scarcely for a righteous man would one even dare to die. But God commended his love towards us. And while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So that's a, a great reason to worship him. Amen. He's good. His mercy has got to be priority one. 
Praise God. The ball always falls into my court. When I read the Word of God, it is not for someone else. Yes, it may be, but it's for me first. I tell you that all the time. Why preach a message? It's for me. (laughs) He gives it to me. I have to examine me. See, this is what Paul is saying in 2 Corinthians 13.5. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know you not how that Christ is in you, except you be a reprobate. But I trust that you know that you're not a reprobate. Amen. You've got to examine you. And so you want God to search you. This is what David says in Psalms 119, uh, 139, excuse me, verse 23 and 24. Notice what he said. Search me, O God. Try me and know my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me. Amen. I don't want wickedness in my heart. I don't want sin to be in my heart. I want to be pure. I want to be clean. So when I come before His presence, amen, I can enter His gates with thanksgiving. This is His desire for us. This is His desire for all of us. Amen. It's to reflect Him in holiness, in purity, separated, set apart. This is what Paul says in Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can't think the same old way. Amen. God says, amen, in Jeremiah 31, 33, amen, I will write my law in their hearts, in their mind, so that they will all know me. That's why when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, God is putting the law and the spirit and power in you so you know him. Amen. It's something you didn't have before. That's why it's totally different. That's why you begin to speak in other tongues as the spirit of God give the utterance. So that you know that you have received his power and his anointing is now upon you. You are born again of the water and the spirit. And when you're baptized in his name, it washes away the old sins out of your life. And now, as Paul says in Romans 6, you are risen to walk in newness of life. That's why in Romans 5, I mean Ephesians 5, he says, Be ye therefore followers of God, dear children, and walk in love as God has loved you. Amen. He says, But there's certain things, don't it ever let it be named amongst you as becoming saints. Let's read it. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5, real quick. Verse 1. Be ye therefore followers of God, of dear children, And walk in love. Notice. God is love. See? So you're supposed to walk in Christ. That's what Paul says in Galatians 5.16. This I say then. Do what? Walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. you got to walk according to the word. When you read it, James says, you got to do it. Because if not, The instinct is to go back to the old ways of life. This is why you want to pray. You want to start your day with God search me. 
I want to do right. I want to be right. I want to live right. Why? Because righteousness is the linen of the saints of God. It's the white linen. You stop and think about white linen. It's costly. It's pure. It's clean. And this is what you see when you read in the book of Revelation. It's standing around the throne of God. It's purity and righteousness and holiness. Separation set apart. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. What Paul says in Corinthians. Follow me as I what? Follow Christ. Amen. And walk in love as Christ also have loved us and have given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. Amen. But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not be once named amongst you as becoming saints. Neither filthiness nor foolishness, foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving up thanks. For this you know, that no whoremonger or unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things come the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be ye therefore followers, I mean partakers with them, for ye were sometime darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. In other words, walk as God's people. That's what John says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 through 9. He says, this is the message that we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ. His son cleanses us from all iniquities or all sins. Amen. The blood gets it out of there. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name in the heaven given unto men whereby we must be saved. That's why Peter says repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises to you and to your children. And to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. With many other words did he testify and exalt, said what? Save yourselves from this untowards generation. Amen. So our worship. Got to be priority one. We want to come before Him with pure hearts and pure minds. And we got to realize, as the song says, He brought me out of that miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. Amen. It's got to be priority number one. Amen. Is it number one in your life? Is God number one? He's got to be number one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, Lord, and you must love Him with all your heart, your mind, and your strength. These words, Moses, says, I command you this day must be where? In your heart. And what you want to do with them? Teach them diligent to your children. 
You talk about them when you're in the house. You talk about them when you're in the way. You talk about them when you lie down. You talk about them when you get up. You write it as frontless before your eyes. You bind it to your hands, your doorposts, your gateposts. Amen. It's got to be that way. You want to be pure in heart and pure in mind and pure in thoughts. He wants your mind clear. You don't want your minds troubled about things of the world and foolishness. Isaiah says in 26, 3 and 4, he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him because you trust in him. Trust in the Lord Jehovah for he is an everlasting strength. Your mind is troubled, then you need to get a hold of God and say, search me. Why am my mind troubled? Why am I going through ups and downs? Why am I not, you know, in perfect peace if that's what you promised me? The promises of God are yes and amen. So I've got to find out why am I going through all this craziness? See, and I'm only going to find out when I'm willing to humble myself and submit myself under the mighty hand of God and say, search me. God, show me. What is not like you in my life and purge me and cleanse me and get it out of me. Amen. That's what you've got to do. I can't do it for you. You have to do that. Amen. Praise God. We got to take a break. <laughs> we'll pick up next week. Amen. Now worship. Amen. Father, we exalt you.